Hi, you're, you've reached Earth Tribe Radio, www.earthtriberadio.com. Hey, Fiona. Hey, Joe. I want to... Uh, this, is, this, is, this is special for the listeners because <laughs> um, I, know, I know something about Fiona and I have thoughts of this. Um, she may have mentioned it on one of our other podcasts, but Fiona was born dead. Yes. And here she is. <laughs> so I, I, my whole feeling all, these, all this while that I've known Fiona um, is people who have uh, an extraordinary beginning are often given multitude gifts through life. And I think uh, you, Fiona, have a lot of uh, a lot of gifts and a lot of challenges. Thank you. Yes. The, the, the gifts everybody has, I think. I mean, I think... It, well, I, it, when I say gifts, unusual gifts, maybe. A little bit more usual or more realized, maybe, than hmm. other people. So, shall we put it that way? So... Um, Tell us the story. Well, I was three months premature. So um, I think I was just about under three pounds. And my parents were trying to get to Pretoria, which was a major town in South Africa. But they only got to Warmbaths, which was a Catholic, a small Catholic hospital. And then when I was born, uh, I was declared dead. I was put aside on the, <clears throat> on the um, metal thing and uh, my mum was hemorrhaging she said it was the worst even though it was only a half an hour birth that she had had and uh, so they didn't focus on me but then a nurse turned around and said she's breathing you yeah and so so I was completely blue they called me in the hospital the little blue rat <clears throat> Rat. Well, that's what because the nurses uh, called me. I looked, I was so tiny and thin yeah. that they called me the little blue rat. And I think I've told this story before that when I was 28 and I went back to see my aunt and to see South Africa, I went to that hospital to thank the nun who took me and wrapped me in it and all of her spare time fed me with an eyedropper. Um, she she put me in hot water bottles too because there were no humicrips, of course. But uh, they the nuns at that place remembered me at 20, when I was 28. 28 years, the ones who were there 28 years ago remembered the little blue rat. Oh, how funny. Yeah. And so they said that I wasn't going to live, so my parents wouldn't see me. They said they didn't want to get connected. So the nun took me, wrapped me, and said, and uh, I I don't know how many days she did that, but she did it every time she had a break or every so many hours. And then after a little while, they said I had a 50-50 chance. So at that point, my parents saw me. Then after a while, they could take me back to the house, but they couldn't, they weren't really to touch me except to change me. They had to carry me on a pillow, which nowadays I think it would be quite different. Um, but uh, so and then they, they said they didn't think I'd live past seven so I ended up with you know I had what well, they weren't sure whether it was smallpox at three months or whether it was uh, chickenpox but it was so bad it was almost like I had dangerous gastroenterology I mean I had a lot of things Thanks. that almost took me out but I didn't 
I didn't go out. I was sickly as a child, and uh, I've had a lot of things in my life. I almost drowned while I was going out in in a river as I was sliding away. I could feel, feel myself lifting out of the body when I was about thirteen. My dad got me out of the out of there, and um, so I've had a lot of a life full of a lot of physical challenges from that time. I'm 69, and obviously I didn't die in the first seven years. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah. Hooray. So what, so a lot of challenges and and a lot of gifts, Gifts, mm-hmm. you know, spe- uh, I, and I call them special gifts, like your mediumship and your, uh, your, uh, your ability to, to um, remote view, perhaps, d- different things that uh, you know, we both believe that we all have the ability to do that, mm-hmm. but we're not aware and we're not woken to that yet. And and yet, with all of your challenges, the other side of that coin is all these amazing uh, gifts that you have to help people and heal people and understand and see things and be in different different dimensions, different realms. Um I just want to say one thing. I think it was the first time I went over to your house, and we were lovely gardens, just like an old English garden. This was the house, unfortunately, that burnt down in the fire. But And I said, I was walking around at one point, because I think you were busy doing something, and then I got drawn into this area. And I said, when you came outside, I said, Fiona, what is this? This is an, an incredible area. And you said, oh, that's the fairy garden, or the garden of the fairies. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, well, all right. I, but I felt there, there's totally a specialness. And you, you have this uh, amazing ability to, to um, with the people that you meet or work with or assist in any way, you have that wonderful ability to bring them along with you into this this realm, these realms. So I thank you for that. And anyone who who uh, is gifted with 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 your help. So how do you work with the challenges? Now the physical challenges. The physical challenges. What are your physical challenges now at the age of sixty-nine? You've got yourself. The blue rat is now sixty-nine years <laughs> old and looking good. Oh. Well, um, the things that are going through right now because mm. I've had a lot. I've had Lyme disease and chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and all sorts of things en route as I asthma as a kid and. Um, a little bit of asthma now, but not too much, and um, yeah, a lot of different things yeah. that I've had, and as well as as a teenager in early twenties, serious depression, which I never told anybody about. It was just super depression, and um, so I've had a lot of uh, a lot of things, and I think mostly because when we were kids, 
When you got sick, I mean, if I had asthma, I was in bed and I played with the buttons or the shiny cards or or my parents and sisters would read me stories. And that was lovely for me because I couldn't really get enough of connection to my family. I always wanted to be held, obviously, from when I was little. And so being sick and in bed, people would come to me and sit with me. And that, I think, was very beneficial considering what I'd been through. And um, I used to listen for when I was in bed and sick, I used to listen for the different patterns people foot, people's footprints would make. So I'd know who was coming by the pattern of their footprints, footsteps. by the sound of their footprints. There, there was a speed and a sound that the footprints made. And so I'm still aware of that. I, I don't usually lay in bed long enough to hear footprints and there's only Bob and the cats and the dogs in the house. But, but as a kid, it was like a, it was like a game almost to, uh-huh. as I would listen and I would hear who's doing what in the house and because of the footprints and the patterns yeah. and the sounds they made. Um, and also I was very aware as a child, uh, everybody's musical, but I, I was never stopped from singing or from just playing nothing on the piano. They didn't really have enough to, money or enough time because they were anti-apartheid activists but to get me lessons. But I would just play and then they would just let me play on the piano, you know, nothing much. But, and then I would sing. I would sing all the time. And they would, they would, mum would support that. She called me her little yeah. bird. So uh, I had very supportive parents in that way. Uh, and, you know, obviously when we went to Australia and we went to the school and it was very, very heavy-duty corporal punishment and berating and stuff uh, after being homeschooled uh, every time on a farm you were in a farm and I was in a farm, farm in Africa and homeschooled with a family and mm-hmm. and and big community there of people of uh, of people who who knew each other and cared about each other mm-hmm. so it was very community orientated there um, including the African uh, including the African friends that my parents had so it wasn't just they they were very involved in the whole community and uh, so for me if I have an illness like say I have my foot I damaged my foot after the fire and it happened twice and it took me two and a half months to get an appointment with the podiatrist that I thought was going to be really miraculous. And so I didn't really know what to do with my foot, so I permanently damaged my foot. I found someone now who thinks they can do something about that. But if I have something like my foot, which is twisted to the right, and it can get sore because it can, the, the tendon's not there working on that side, so it can't pull, its, pull itself back into alignment. So if I walk too much or if I sit in the wrong way, it can get pretty painful but what I do is I just go to I just say to myself that's pain Mm-hmm. And uh, what can I do now? So can I go and put my boot on? Can I put some CBD cream on it? Uh, can I do a little sounding into it? Can I do figure eights over it? And uh, for me, illness is always what can I do? And do to I help use it. to help it? Do I use energy medicine, energy stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, do I use meditation? Do I use sound? Do I use herbs, creams? Do I go to a doctor? Mm-hmm. Or, or a natural person like a chiropractor or an acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've discovered that if, I, if something is wrong, and it, if a lot of my life I've had some kind of illness or other, and it, it, I always just go, oh, okay, this is what's happening. What do I do next? And I always make sure um, 
The only time I couldn't do is that when I had uh, an, a, a, a ruptured appendix and I had um, anesthetic, I couldn't get my mind into meditation, but and that was very difficult for me. But I always go, okay, so now I've got to connect with the earth and I've got to connect with my meditation. Mm -hmm. That That's kind of like the, the pathways or the gateways to get through all of the illnesses mm -hmm. That I've had, and if I don't do the meditation, or you know, and particularly connect to the earth, then I find that I I I can't I can't get through. So then I have to take the time to do the meditation or to get connected to the earth. I love the way um, uh, I I love the way that. Um, first of all, I, I want to say that I've never heard Fiona complain about anything. She's not a whinger. She's not a whiner. <laughs> That's she's, a good Australian term. <laughs> what, which one? Whinger? Whiner? Whinger and whiner whinger, is an Aussie term. British, yeah. Think, uh, oh, is it a British yeah, term? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. so it went to Australia. Yeah. Um, but uh, So you're not a whinger or a whiner. Um, uh, and, you know... Uh, so it's very hard sometimes for me. I I I, I know one experience uh, that you were uh, driving me to and from radiation um, when I you know when I was having radiation, and you let slip something, and I thought, oh my gosh, I you you never said to me, you never told me that you were dealing with this, you know, you weren't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm saying I have cancer, I've got to have the radiation. And she didn't say, well, I've got this, and I, I'm doing... It, none, none of that, none of that. So I was, you know, it, it was a great teaching for me, Fiona. Um, uh, so what I love is how, and I'd love you to talk about this, how when something happens... So you have your pathway of the meditation and your healing. Is it in your meditation that you you ask uh, that you discover which which healing method that you need for that specific ailment? Um, I you know when I'm doing meditation, it's going into the nothing, and when I'm with the earth, it's going into the earth. So there is no thought most of the time. Uh -huh. So I tend just to get this thought in my mind. Something arises in my mind. It's not like I'm trying to find out. I'll suddenly think, oh, I think I should go to the chiropractor, or oh, I think I should go to the acupuncturist, mm -hmm. oh, I think I should go put my feet on the earth, or drink some lemon water, or you know, whatever like that. So um, it usually just emerges, and mostly it emerges either if I'm in meditation or if I'm with, you know, pruning a rose or talking to a tree or something It like comes that. to you, yeah. yeah. I think that we all have this ability to know what to do for ourselves, but it's taken away from us. Mm -hmm. One of the wonderful things about growing up in the bush in Africa was that we were so far away from any kind of doctor. They came to the house, but we were so far away, it took them a long time to get there. And so the basic thing was, well, let's see if we can do them ourselves. When I was 13 in Australia, I was bucked off a horse, and I landed in a tree trunk on both of my knees, which got completely beaten up. They were all ripped up, and they swelled up massively, but we didn't go to the doctor. We put compresses on it, mm -hmm. and I think at that time, mercuricone, which is yes. very bad. But Oh, I grew up with mercuricone. 
it's kind of like a mercury thing that you put on that but uh, but you know you just wait I didn't go to school until the swellings went down and then after school I was you know it was like um, you just learned to do what you could dad was there were a lot of things that my parents knew about and uh, you do what you can and you go to the doctor if you absolutely have to mm-hmm. it was and it was just part of life having things happen I mean, since I was born, I've had one illness after another. And it just is, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> what do I do? How do I keep connected? Well, I find this, for me, this has been an, uh, a, an amazing exploration uh, of our our friendship together. Because um, I guess, I don't know how long after we decided we were we, we might work together uh, that I I was diagnosed with cancer mm. and having lost my youngest sister to cancer and she had chosen the route of healing herself and not going to the doctor any doctors or have anything done she was going to heal herself and that didn't work I chose the medical totally to go the medical way. And I have to say, Fiona, you were so kind and generous. You never tried to persuade me like so many people. You, what are you doing going this is uh, this is my <laughs> this is my little wild child kitty. Yeah, kitty is. just came on the thing. He likes to they have to put the computer part down. Yeah so no, he, he has to be part of it. He's a very bad typer incidentally. <laughs> the cats are, are known not to be good typists. And they have a tendency to wipe everything too. Yes. <laughs> um, but I do let me just I do appreciate the fact that when I realized in the middle of uh, dealing in radiation and all that, that uh, you were going through your illness at that time that had presented itself to you, um, and you were doing it in your way, which was completely the opposite of the way I was doing it. And not once did you ever say to me, "Oh, you couldn't, you shouldn't be doing that." And so together, you respected the choice that I made. And I respect the choice, the choices that you make, and I love the way it works for you. I love the way it works for you, and maybe it doesn't work for me because, so far, I say I, I'm not saying it's never going to work for me. It probably because of the fear of my taking care of my sister and watching her. Yeah, I think that Die. for me, everybody has a different... It's like I am a vegetarian, uh, but almost vegan, but vegetarian, and my husband's a meat eater. Yeah. So I don't consider that, uh, you know, I just don't want veal in the house. But uh, he, he, if he's a meat eater, he's a meat eater. It's not my responsibility to tell him he shouldn't be a meat eater. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I try to to I try encourage him or what to buy the grass fed so that all the humanely raised. Right. But um, that's his it's his thing. It's I don't have to control people's lives. Yeah. Unless I feel I have to, and then it usually doesn't work <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> well, any any words of wisdom that you could help those of us who would love to be able to be able to tune in to what 
what our bodies need, what we need at a time of uh, stress or illness? Well, you know, one of the things I've been working recently with is just talking to my body. I, I'm not an overeater. I don't eat a lot of sweets, and I am overweight. Um, and I've been working more recently on asking my body to just tell me what it needs. Yeah. Now, you know, with emergencies, I'm pretty good at that. I can yeah. go, okay, I cut my hand, I sliced my fingers the other day. So it's like, okay, what I do, what do I do? I get, you know, bandages and put lemon juice on it. It hurts, but it makes it feel fast. And I just keep doing that and watching it. So I know, you yeah. know, what to do with emergency things or illnesses. Um, and generally speaking now, as I'm getting older, I wanna, I'm thinking more of just asking my body. So if I'm eating, I ask my body, you know, you, what is it that you feel like? Have you had enough? Is this what you need? Is this, do you need more of it? Do you need less of it? You know, so it's, for me, I'm taking it even more now into connecting with my body and asking it what it's need, even if I'm in the middle of eating something. And certainly before I take something to eat, I ask the body and just see if I can feel inside what it wants. Um, but the key for all of it for me is connecting to the earth and my meditation, connecting to the vastness, yeah. and then connecting to the earth. Those are very key for me. I, I love that because I, I really feel that, um, you know, when you say uh, put your feet on the earth and uh, uh, become still, you, you call it connecting to the vastness. Um, I have yet to, uh, I've experienced that maybe twice in my life, that, that connection. Um, so I think for me in the meditation, in the stillness, is to st still the mind because the mind will, oh, you know, I could be uh, saying, now what, what does my body need? You know, what does my body need? What should I do about this? And I defeat the answer by asking the question. Oh, mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I can just be still, mm, you the, feel it. The, the solution will present itself, or, or maybe not at that moment, but I have to allow the silence and the stillness for the answer to come. That is so true, because when we start thinking and trying to find it... It blocks the answer e Even just me. saying, well, I should know, but I can't feel it, I can't feel it, what's wrong with me, yeah. what am I doing wrong? And I think you're so right in that if we can just do take our breath and, as you always say, go soft belly and just go into the calmness and the stillness, even if we just put our fingers, the tips of our fingers to our thumb... Um, anything like that that brings us to calmness and stillness, you don't really have to search for it. The more you do it, the more it'll just arise out of you and you'll know what to do. Yeah. And I just want to make a, a little thing with this. Don't if it's, if it's serious or if you think it could even be serious, don't wait to try to find out what it is. Go get help. Yeah. Because there are some, there are some people that I have known who are pretty good at doing them doing it most of the time, but one person waited too long and almost yeah. died. One person's child almost died because they thought they could do it. Yeah. So you have. And to, I've experienced that with my sister. So yeah. So you have to you have to make sure that you can be still and do what you want to do, but also at the same time reach out when you feel you've got to yeah. reach out and consider it like a second opinion. Mm -hmm. And then 
if you get a second opinion from the medical establishment and they say something, then you go back into your meditation to see what arises from that. I know I did that uh, with my husband many years ago who, who developed a terminal illness. Mm. And they were going to put him on some sort of drugs that he didn't want to do. And he was just totally distraught. And I had to kind of calm him. And so this was the time that we got home and I ran a bath full of really warm water. And we both got in the bath facing each other. And I said, OK, t t take me through this. Why do you not want to take this medication? What would make you? What do you think? All these sort of questions. And when he eventually, and just kept adding hot water to keep us warm and supported, nourished, and as soon as he made the decision of how he was going to choose to continue, we pulled the plug and wow. watched everything, all the torment, go down the drain. And I have to say, this is 30 years later, and he's still with us. Alive, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a great idea. The bath is, is mm -hmm. a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, because it's so soothing when we're... Um, uh, fearful. When we're, when we're fearful or when we're feeling stressed, the water is such a, mm -hmm. a wonderful soother for us. So if you have a bath, uh, or if you, can even, if you don't have a bath and you can just sit and watch rain out of your window, if you're in an apartment, that's helpful too. Mm -hmm. I don't do have a bath water. here at my son's, but I have a shower. Mm. And so I, I do this thing, um, which somebody once taught me, is to um, standing in the shower with all this water beating down on the back of my neck and my shoulders, and then I open each chakra, starting mm. from the lower chakra up to the upper chakra, clear it out, and close each chakra as much as I need to to support myself at that time. And that's that does for me what a bath will do. Well, that's wonderful. And also, if you actually want to physically touch the water, you can you know, have water. You can go to a hardware or some place or even get a bucket and just put water in and put your feet in warm oh, water. Oh, yes. Your feet foot in bath. warm water is so soothing. You can put a little lavender if you're, if you're okay with lavender and or any other of mm -hmm. the herbs. And I, I think that's a, that's a great another. idea. So we've been talking about being Fiona born, being born dead <laughs> and talking about illnesses and how we all deal with them in different ways and that none of it's right, none of it's wrong, it's just the way we deal with it and to respect that and to know that we are the masters of who we are. We we have that within us. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you, Jill.